What is going on, everybody? It is yours truly, Mr. OKFabe here. Welcome back to another episode of the World of Fandom Podcast, where we are, as you know, just fans. Of course, you guys know me. I'm Connor, a.k.a. OKFabe. Of course, join me here. I got my brother from the mother, Andrew. Andrew Cutter, Inc. What's going on, my friend? Living the dream. Did you say that last week? Stop it. You know I did. <laughs> I actually wasn't. That was a fifty-fifty shot on that one. I wasn't sure if you if I did or not. If you did or not. I feel like you don't pay attention to me. Huh? I I feel. Stop it. (laughs) I know what you're doing. I might. Anyway. uh, We know each other too well. Anyway, we welcome you guys to episode 18 of the World of Fandom Podcast. This one is for all you wrestling fans out there. Yes, from the title thumbnail and all that fun hoopity doop, we're going to be talking a lot about WrestleMania 37, specifically nights one and two. I'll also talk a little bit about the Raw after WrestleMania because let me tell you, it was the most disappointing Raw after WrestleMania in history. And my Twitter feed was... um, was really going heavy into the Raw after Mania. But we'll talk about both nights in just a bit. Of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts on everything, and your support is greatly appreciated. So if you guys are listening to us, whether it be on Anchor, FM, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you guys listen to your episodes of your favorite podcast, make sure you guys give us a follow over there and give us all your awesome feedback. And of course, you can also listen to this on the video format on Andrew's YouTube. So if you want to get a YouTube version, which has some pretty designs and graphics, that's what, Andrew? YouTube.com slash Andrew Cutter Inc., right? Correct. Awesome. See, I get it right every once in a while. But, of course, a big way you can also keep track of all the episodes is following us on the Twitters at PodFandom. We actually have a post that we're going to be talking about a little later on, uh, which we uh, got some interesting feedback from you guys. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But it's a great way to keep track of the podcast. And, of course, give us your thoughts on everything that we're talking about in future episodes. Make sure you follow us on the Twitters. Um, Andrew, you got any hot takes for us before we uh, get into a couple of other side things that I, uh, you know, most of this is going to be WrestleMania, but we're going to we got some other small little tidbit things here to go. Anything on the hot takes for your end? Small, small hot takes. Right. right. Number one, right? Solo Opposites. If you are not watching it, you should be. It's on Hulu. If you're a fan of Rick and Morty, this is basically Rick and Morty without Rick and Morty. It's you, amazing. I remember, it I think we mentioned this when we were doing the Rick and Morty episode that you did say it was, it was very good. Um, and I did see a couple of previews of it. And from what I've seen, you're right. It looks really, really funny. It gets fucking intense, like hilariously <laughs> intense towards the end of the season. So just check it out. And um, not really hot take, but you and I didn't discuss this yet. Have you watched A Broken Skull with Chris Jericho yet? I have. Mm, are we going to talk about that real quick? We can talk about that real quickly. Fire away. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was good. I, I don't know if I would say it's the best Broken Skull, but I would definitely say it's in the upper ones. And the reason why I would say that, well, first of all, I think it's fantastic that WWE and Vince allowed AEW to I don't have... think Vince cared. <laughs> to well, be honest. Is, you know what? You know, Cornette said something that's very interesting. And it, it didn't have to do with the podcast or right. the, the Broken Skull session, but it has to do with AEW. Once Vince McMahon realized that AEW is not a threat to WWE, I think he just stopped caring. Well, yeah. Which is... is yeah, which is good. So I think it's good all around for AEW and WWE that Jericho was on there. I think it was really good. I liked how they went through all of Jericho's history. I liked how they talked a bit about AEW. The only thing I would say is this. Jericho is a far better talker in interviews and promos and anything than Austin. Nothing against Austin. Yeah. Jericho just has a gift of gab. Yep. I felt like it was Jericho kind of doing his own interview at times. I because mean, yeah. He, he would cut off Austin. And he'd be like, sorry to cut you off, but like, let me tell you this. And But it was still pretty good. I liked it a lot. He did an actual, uh, he did an interview right when he signed with AEW for Busted uh, Open Radio. I don't know if you ever heard that mm-hmm. with, with Bubba Ray and... Um, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, LaGreca. And it's good stuff. If you guys don't listen to Busted Open, it's really good. He kind of took the reins on that, too, so I I get that. And he's very good at kind of interviewing himself. You're absolutely right. That's the best way I could describe it. The Broken Skull Sessions, honestly, if you guys haven't checked them out on Peacock, uh, because I can't say network now because it's now all one, um, it... It's hard to find a bad one. The Taker one specifically was very, very good. I know I'm a little biased in saying that, but honestly, like the Taker one was good. The Kane one was also good too. I was actually surprised by that, but, um, but I mean, I think the Jericho one was was definitely up there. I definitely agree with you. I think it gave enough of AEW stuff and uh, outside of WWE bubble that 
they've been kind of letting, you know what I mean? Like the last couple of years in WWE, they've been kind of not like, oh, we can't mention these companies by name and can't do, you know, nothing exists outside the WWE. I mean, it's, it's 2021. People have the internet. Yeah. It's very quickly easy to find out what these people are doing and what they're what they're about. So I think to ignore that is almost like a, a level of naive that like I, I just can't comprehend. But then again, it's Vince. So I'm not surprised they talked about some of that stuff on the on the on the on the Broken Skull sessions. But I feel like it was like the just right amount of balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, like I said, it was definitely one of the better ones. But I agree with you. I think Taker would definitely probably have been the best. So far, I mean, again, I'm a little biased in that, but that's just me. No bias. That was until you know, until The Rock actually shows up on the Broken Skull. And that I, I'm not gonna lie, that'll be a big one. But you're right, Austin's not the greatest interviewer. He's not horrible, but he's like, "What do you tell? Her? Tell me what you want, huh?" I mean, he's got that hand. You can't see it, but I'm doing the hand motion thing where he's got like, yeah. he's holding like a baby, <laughs> and then he like <laughs> holds his hands out like he's like trying to fly. You know what I mean? Like it's the two hand gestures. Like, I'll tell you what you gonna do, and then you gotta open up, and then uh, what? I'd love to see him in an infomercial. Well, you know, the only thing uh, I think Austin does a good job at asking hard questions. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like is he doesn't do good follow up. Like he'll be like. Yo, Jericho, how did you feel about this in WCW? And Jericho will give, like, an answer, and he doesn't follow up on it. He just jumps to the next topic, where, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's more of a formulaic podcast than something else, where, you know, they have time limit, they have to do what they want. It's, it's not like they can just ramble. But I would have liked to see more follow-up with Austin, at least in this podcast. I think he did – I mean, I hate to keep on saying Taker, but Taker was probably the benchmark – but he I, he did do follow up with Taker, so maybe I'm just right. shooting out my ass. No, I mean it's it's hard. It's really hard to top Taker for a bunch of reasons because that was probably the most in depth interview Taker had ever done at that point in time. He hadn't really done any, and that was like just at the beginning of like that was the beginning of him doing all the interviews and stuff because he was kind of on his way out at that like legitimately on his way out. We kind of joke about how many times he's retired, but you know. So I mean, it's hard. It's hard to top that one because there was just so much. And Taker's actually pretty well spoken, to be honest. I was actually not that I was like. I think he's like, oh, me Undertaker, but you know what I mean. Like it, it was actually kind of refreshing. Um, yeah. But uh, but real quick, there was you know. Oh, sorry. Any other hot takes you got? No, that that's really about it. All right. Well, it was a couple of small little ones I did want to bring up uh, before we jump really big into WrestleMania because there's a lot to dissect with WrestleMania. Um, but sure. the first thing was we did talk about a bunch of trailers last week, so you guys haven't checked out episode 17 of the podcast. We talked about Godzilla versus Kong, how awesome a movie that was. We also talked a lot about different trailers. We talked about the low-key trailer, um, the new Suicide Squad trailer, but one trailer that I didn't mention, and I'm kicking myself that we didn't bring it up, was the new season of Rick and Morty trailer. Speaking of um, speaking of uh, outer limits, I mean, there wasn't much of the trailer, but I'm pumped for for the summertime. I agree. I mean, Rick and Morty is fucking fantastic. So even on their worst episodes, I'm still super excited and looking forward to it. Makes you wonder what they're going to do from here, right? I mean, is there anything you're looking for? It looks like there's going to be more family adventures, but they're also looking like there was some sort of weird cross tropes where there's like another Smith family. So I don't know. I, I'm just I don't know, and I don't care because it's just gonna be balls to the wall, and it's gonna be fantastic. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, there's not much to say other than the fact that it's Rick and Morty. Now, the other thing I did want to talk about is, by the way, that's coming out. I think believe beginning of June. The other thing I wanted to talk about is something that I harassed you about on Sunday, which was the Optimus Prime toy. Yep. Contain your enthusiasm. Uh, I mean, I am enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm just letting you talk. No, no, I mean, no, no, if I'm, you I'm, want me to take over this this podcast, I can definitely take over. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt you. I'm not, I don't doubt your abilities. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Hasbro just came out recently with a it's a pre-order for a new Optimus Prime toy. It's a G1, so it is the first generation, but this thing is voice activated and can basically transform on its own. Now, that may not sound like a lot and I'm I'm not I'll tell you right now as much as me and Andrew probably hype this up, it, you, it's not going to do any justice as far as seeing it. The best recommendation I can say is Kevin Smith and Jason Muse do like a preview of it. I definitely recommend watching that one because their excitement level is kid-like, and I love everything about it. So go watch that one. But this thing looks badass. It does. It 
moves, it has fluid movement, it transforms. Not a show accurate transformation, mind you, but you know, you, you get what you can with this automated transformation. But it, it looks beautiful, it looks gorgeous. And in the short time that you showed me of it, I was coming all over the place. So I think I told you the price tag of this thing, right? Yeah, seven hundred. <laughs> yeah. I so I was looking at it and like, okay, I could see it going for a couple hundred, definitely. Like no 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 problem flat because it's got twenty five commands, it does all these different things, it can like it does like action poses, battle movements, like it does all of a bunch of things. But then I saw I'm like, Oh, let me see how much the pre order is. Six ninety nine. I'm like, Nope, I'm good. I'm I'm good with, you know, being able to eat. Well when you were talking to me about it, I think it was like, How much is it? I'm like, I don't know, a hundred and you're like up two hundred? Uh, uh, more than I'm going to spend? Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. So PS5 or transforming? Uh, what, what was it that you said about the, like, in, in 20 years it's going to be 50 bucks? Well, yeah, dude, it's like with everything. It's like look at the iPhone or the iPod. Like, in, in, in 20 years this thing is going to be like an old shitty-ass thing that's going to be like 20 bucks that you can get at Target because Target's going to be the only store around, and there you go. So I mean, well, keep in mind though, there's a lot of toys that are cl that are vintage right now that go for like a huge amount of money. So like, yeah, but usually those vintage ones are like the first ones. Like everyone loves buying the Generation One Transformers, but the Generation Two are like, yeah, whatever. But right. You know what? You never know. The toy market is very volatile, and you don't know what happens with it. Well, we'll see. But if you guys want to check it out, again, just YouTube, Kevin Smith, Optimus Prime. I think it's the first video result. Definitely a, a watch. But anyway, let's get into the meat of things. Unless you want to, anything else you want to add, Andrew? Nope. Nope. I just have my speech about WrestleMania before we talk about WrestleMania. Fire away. And then, oh, fuck. You, you want me to go? <laughs> yeah, I'll go. go. Okay. Uh, without actually discussing this year's WrestleMania, what I will have to say is this, and you and I have talked about this before, right, is that in wrestling, WrestleMania is so important. Right. It's so important for its legacy. It's so important for so many things. But more importantly, it's, it's so important because I literally think careers are made and broken based off WrestleMania matches. Correct. Like, some of the greatest matches of all time are WrestleMania matches. You talk about the greatest WWE matches, maybe there'll be some SummerSlam ones, maybe you'll talk about a Rumble here and there, maybe even a Raw match, but usually the WrestleMania ones are the ones that you put at the top. So with something so prestigious and so amazing, I was absolutely dumbfounded and absolutely baffled by the fact that there was, like, zero build to half of the stuff that has gone on. And I just, I was just disappointed by that. I think you know that, I know that. Now that's not yeah. indicative of how good or bad this WrestleMania was, right? Because you can have very little build and have a fantastic match and get away with it. But again, this is wrestling. It's not UFC. We, uh, the build, the storyline, like it's soap opera for men. So it's what we want is that build. So going into this WrestleMania, I was very concerned on that end, but I was not concerned about two things. I don't think not concerned is the right thing. I was excited about <laughs> two things. One is one. Sorry, just like, one like no, is, not not con not concerns not the right phrase. Excited. That's the one I wanted. Yeah, I was excited we were going to get crowds back. I can't tell you how much of a difference yep. that made. Oh, huge. Yep. And even though it was a small crowd, I'm glad that we had a crowd. And number two is having it on two nights, bro, was key. And we might as well tell everyone now. Night one, you and I watched separately. I actually watched that one in the morning. Night two, you and I watched together. Mm -hmm. So sharing I mean, a sleeping bag. Yes, we were sharing sleeping <laughs> bag and chipping Papa John. Oh, actually, we did have chicken Papa John. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, so that that's the thing I wanted to to kind of first tackle because this is kind of like your first major review of a wrestling show. I've done this for a while, about ten years, and. I got some questions because obviously you're kind of catching up. Well, you're caught up, but you've you've been catching up with the product for the last what, like, couple of months, in terms of yeah, like everything the way it is. Honestly, since COVID started, is yeah. when I started rewatching things. So, 
since this is the second time they've done this, you are a fan of splitting the nights up in, into two nights? I, th- I think there's an... Hmm, here's the thing. Do I like it compared to other WrestleManias? No. I honestly would like everything on one card, but the problem is, is they're trying to cram so many matches in right. that if you're going to have 400 matches, I'd rather have it be on two nights than have it be on one night. And that that's the inherent problem of WWE's standing right now with the brand split, having so many different titles and having everything represented. It's at the end of the day, it's, it, it's I think, hurting the product, but that's a different story for a different time, I guess. Well, there, I could definitely make some arguments for it. It's definitely weird, and, I, and it's funny because they kind of picked this idea from Japan, because Japan would have Wrestle Kingdom Nights 1 and 2, because Wrestle Kingdom is basically New Japan's version of WrestleMania that they do every single year on January 4th. Doesn't matter what day of the week it falls on, every January 4th, they do Wrestle Kingdom. And they, and they did the same thing. And it is weird from a traditional standpoint, because we grew up with WrestleMania being a one-night experience, and now it's blown up to freaking, hey, um, Fastlane is over, which, for those of you who don't know, is the pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Um, Fastlane's over, so we're going to immediately start the pre-show for WrestleMania, because yeah. it's just, it's so long. And so, it's a it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, the traditional idea of having it all in one night is is kind of weird, but at the same time, just from as a fan who's, who covered it in the last five years or so, dude, the single nights of Mania were going four, five hours. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. Like, I mean, listen, I, I get, like, trying to get stuff in there, but honestly, I think the two nights is a great breakup, but we'll, let's talk about night one first. Okay. Night one had some, um, some interesting setup. And it's and we kind of figured where things fell in terms of the, of the matches, uh, like which ones they would put on night one and which ones they put on night two. So let's start with the WWE title match: Drew McIntyre, mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre taking on that sexy chocolate Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I mean, I think this was one of the better matches of the night, if not, I don't know if I would say it's the best, but I think it worked the best. And what I mean by this is is you and I were talking about it. I feel as though a lot of time wrestlers try too hard yep. with doing flips and doing these spots. Yes, we did talk about this, yeah. Drew and Bobby knew exactly what they were. They were big fucking people doing big fucking moves, and that's it, right? I don't need a sunset flip wrap-up into a cross, cripple a cross face, and then into an ankle lock and finally finish it off with six rock bottoms. I just need two fucking guys beating each other up. I liked that Lashley one, even though I like Drew. I, I think it's Lashley's time to shine. They made him look dominant, and I like how he won. There was a teeny bit of a distraction, which was kind of silly, but enough so that you get that little, some nice little rub for the face, but it wasn't quite cheating. Right. And then the hurt, the hurt lock. It's a hurt lock, right? He put the hurt lock on, and I love how he finished with that. Because no one ever, no one really loses from passing out anymore. So it's it's good to see that happen. It is rare. It ha- it it is very rare to happen. I think I honestly think the first time I ever saw it happen was when Brock Lesnar bear hugged Hogan to death. Really? I, I can't remember a time before that. Austin Brett. Oh fuck yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> okay. Ha 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 ha. Stand corrected, my friend. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a tally the system going here. Um, no, I'm I'm totally kidding. It's it's been going for years. Um, so yeah. remember when you beat me in track? Anyway, so uh, <laughs> that's 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 different an, story for a different time. That's an interesting inside joke that I love to just re- I just wanted to catch Andrew off guard. Anyway, um, you know, WWE title being the opening match, a little weird. Um, but then again, the Rumble. That's the other thing. The Rumble winners being the main events of their respective nights. Kudos. I thought that was a smart way to to. To we'll talk about that when we get to to the to the women's championship match was a way to make the women's rumble seem more important. In any case, um, I am all in favor of Lashley. I yeah. am not against Drew, but Lashley has been a long time coming, even leaving the company and coming back and everything. And I think that I just see this is going to sound maybe a little bit too like oh he's talking too businessy. I see him as more marketable. I, I think that Lashley could be maybe not on a Roman Reigns level right now. I think you could push him to the moon as far as like being a face of the company. Needs to work on his speaking skills a lot, but you know, I'm not saying that he's a rock or an Austin or even a John Cena, but I could see him as a top guy for a while. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I think he makes a fantastic heel. I think he makes a believable heel. He kind of reminds me of Brock Lesnar, if Brock Lesnar wrestled in the 80s, right? Just, mm. you know, big bravado, kind of like, like even the, the, the almighty, that's something that you think would be coined by the Hogan era, right? But oh, yeah, he's, true, yeah. He's built like Lesnar. He can do moves like Lesnar. And I'm only using Lesnar as a comparison because he's, he's he reminds me a lot of him. Similar backgrounds. They even both went to M&A. Um, but Lashley, and here's the thing, for being 44 fucking years old. Whoa, I, bless, I didn't even know that. God bless steroids because <laughs> he just looks fantastic. God. Oh Fuck my God. you, Ryback. Nothing's natural about you and nothing's natural <laughs> about Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is a walking steroid. He's and a, I'm perfectly fine with it. He's a walking bicep. Um <laughs> I mean, I, listen. I'm jealous of the physique. I'm not gonna lie, but like, but you know, I think uh, amazing opener. Uh, yeah. Better than I expected. Kudos. Happy. I'm happy with the result. Then they had yeah. to give us that women's battle royal. Ugh. Yeah, I didn't. You mean a tag team one? That was, that was whatever. I like the Riot Squad. I think they were the only good things. But listen, you. I'm gonna give credit because you brought this up first between you and me. But it's something I've always felt. The women's tag division is shit. This is hmm. what happens when you invest so much into a woman's, the woman's brand without right. having the muscle to back it up. I'm right? just going to smoke on my imaginary corncob pipe as you're talking about what I've mentioned before. Okay, well, it's basically that, dude. Like, it's, it's basically, why is there a Raw Women's Championship and a SmackDown Women's Championship where you only have really two people competing for the title at a time? And even more so, why do you have only one legit, maybe two legitimate tag teams, and the rest are just fucking people thrown together? Like Carmella, and who was the other one? Car- who was Carmella with? I don't oh, know. Oh, um, uh, Billy, Billy, whatever, the iconic Billy Kay. girl. Billy Kay. Yeah, which, she has a cool music. I, I like her music. But listen, I just think it's fucking stupid. Like, if you're going to have a tag team women's division, get rid of one of the heavyweight titles for the women or the women's championships and just have two women's titles, a women's championship and a tag team championships, and boom. Like, the Iconics, why did they even split them up? Like, I get it. Well, Peyton Royce, Vince wants her to become a single star. She She's not a good single star in my mind. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just frustrated because this this is something I've been asking for for years, a women's tag team division. And it's shit. It's shit. So and like, dude, look at all the women that didn't wrestle. You had fucking Bailey chilling there doing some fucking spot with Hogan and Titus. And I guess Charlotte couldn't be at WrestleMania. You told me she had COVID or something. Supposedly, so like, she 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 came out with a tweet and said that she had COVID, but she showed up on Raw. So I I mean, yeah. eh. and it, it just baffles me that the, like the, I sure hope they, someone picked up that phone. Oh, I'm sure someone <laughs> called it. I'm mean, dude. That's why I gave you credit. It's absolutely true. Right. It's just fucking. Bo- and listen, this isn't me shitting on the women's division. I want the women's division to succeed. Charlotte Flair is one of my favorite female wrestlers since Trish, and I love Sasha Banks. I think she's a great fucking wrestler. But like, if you don't have the talent backing it up. Why do you think they had fucking Rhea Ripley fight for the Raw Women's Championship? They need another woman there. Well, they to be fair, WWE kind of go went went like on a weird tangent with their tag team division. Like I'm not even talking the women, I'm talking the men's. Do you remember during the Ruthless Aggression era when we watched like the tag team division was not like it had teams obviously, but then like right around like 05 it was just like like, mm-hmm. There were no teams, no, and then well, what would happen is, and even the Dudleys complained about it. He's like, the Dudleys would say, like, what they do? They have a new, brand new team, and what do they do? They win the tag titles on their first night. It's like, what the fuck do you do with them now? So it's kind of on that same line in terms of like, you have talent. There's plenty. We obviously saw it in the battle royal. Give us a reason to care. Like, team these two women up and actually have like tag team matches to build up the idea that that we we can perceive these two women as a cohesive unit. You can't. I mean, yeah, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. I'm starting to see them as a team, but you know why I'm starting to see them as a team? Because they have the goddamn titles. That is the only reason I see them as a team. Everything else is just like you know, ah, it's, it's annoying. 
and, and not to be a dead horse, but not every fucking superstar needs to be pushed to heavyweight or champion, world champion level, right? Like, how can I say this? It took forever for everyone that was in the TLC championship matchups to actually become world champions, right? right. It took it took it took until 2005 before Edge became a world champion. Christian was like 2009. I don't know. I'm. I, I know it was much later. When 2010, came, but close came, enough. Yeah, T, he, it was TNA, and then when he came back, oh, yeah. I think Matt Hardy had the ECW championship, and yes. then he eventually had TNA. Yes. Jeff Hardy won it in what? 2011, uh, right? No, he had it in. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can know this. I know this. I know this. I know this. Don't, 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 don't. 2000, the very end of 08 into 09. Yeah, and then Bubba Ray had it when I forget he won the TNA title. Yeah, I think it was 2012. And I think Devon's the only one that didn't have it. But the point right. I'm getting is this: it's for the longest time, like even now, with the exception of Edge, right? Because Edge, I think, has been the most successful. <laughs> yeah. With the exception of Edge, I still think of them. As tag teams, like I still like when I associate Jeff Hardy, I associate him as a Hardy boy. I associate him as right. that tag team, even though he hasn't been forever. There's nothing wrong with being a tag team superstar. The New Age Outlaws were fantastic as yeah. New Age Outlaws. Yep. I didn't really care of them for single stars, but I love them as a New Age Outlaws. So, th- my closing argument: There's nothing wrong with having five women in the world title hunt for one world title and having every other woman just compete in the tag team division. Preach it, brother. Preach it. Um, there you go. Let's, let's, let's jump off this. Let's, let's get away from beating this dead horse. I feel like it's that Simpson means stop it. He's already dead. Um, and let's move on to... I had to think about this. I think this is tied for me as far as match of the night. Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. I love this match. And I think everything went well in this match. Good technical wrestling good spots, and Cesaro went over, which needed to be done. Amen. Like, Seth didn't need to win. He's had enough big wins at WrestleMania. He's at what? He's now a 2-6 and record at WrestleMania. I mean, a 6-2 record. Yeah, I think it's like, like, yeah. Give him the loss, and you know what you can do with Cesaro? I've been saying this for years. Cesaro is a fantastic fucking wrestler. He can be a good face or a good heel, and you can actually move him into that world title division. Agreed. I mean, it's been Cesaro's been talked about for so long, kind of like along the lines of like a Ziggler in terms of like, oh, and I know Ziggler's won the title, but like the idea of like, man, if they just give this guy a chance, you know, just yeah. give me a chance, coach. I can make the ticket off. Let me do it. Can I? Can I? And it's true. You know, he does. I mean, the the, the mic skills are a little lacking in some ways. I, I you know, that's a fair criticism. Uh, but this match proved that he can definitely stand with the big boys. I mean, when I saw this on paper, I'm like, yo, that's definitely one of the very few matches I was actually, like, hyped for. Um, the only thing that I had about this match against it was my own expectations. I kind of put a little high. Um, not mm-hmm. to say that the match was bad in any stretch of the imagination. Still was great. And to be honest with you, it reminded me how good Rollins is. Yes. Rollins... Uh- this is going to be a bold statement. I know a lot of people aren't going to agree Screw with it. Do me. It. Do it. As, especially the Justice League getting beat by fucking Roman Reigns. <laughs> I need, we, <laughs> after we talk about this match, i got to remind yeah. to tell people about that. Go ahead. Okay. But I think Rollins is pound for pound the best, most well-developed member of the Shield. Agreed. I, I agree with you on that, actually. So. Yeah. He and is, I like Moxley, and I like Roman Reigns, especially right now, Roman Reigns. But someone fucking hit puberty before everyone else, and that was <laughs> Seth Rollins. Yeah, it, it was the steel chair. Um, but uh, <laughs> so what, what Andrew was talking about, the Roman Reigns thing, if you guys have not seen the Internet Darlings uh, show on YouTube, which is the show they did at WrestleMania 33 weekend, where they had a bunch of different Internet um, you know, uh, YouTube personalities uh, talking about wrestling come together, there's one where Adam books Roman Reigns. Just go watch it. Just do yourself a favor and go watch it. It is, I don't want to spoil it. It is truly amazing. And uh, shout out to Brian Zane, who had me a part of that show years ago. It was great. Um, I love hearing Andrew giggling in the background. You just hear the distance. Ooh! Ah. So good. Full speed. So good. Uh, let's, talk yeah. t- let's talk tag titles. New Day against AJ and Omos. Um, yeah. I, just real quick, I was a little... Uh, 
AJ's so good, and it just kind of like makes me disappointed he was stuck to a tag team thing. And I mean, again, not to disrespect the tag team division, but like you have, a I think AJ Styles is the best in ring wrestler they have right now. Uh, I would agree with that, especially with his veteran status and his experience. So it's a little yeah. disheartening. Again, I'm not trying to downgrade anything. It was a little disheartening to see him put in the tag team division. That being said, this was still fun. It was. Um, I mean, this is a very predictable thing. I knew it was going to be New Day doing the job for more almost than... It's almost, right? The big guy? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. More almost than AJ. But this actually did something momentous for AJ. He's finally a Grand Slam champion. Um, and I love New Day, but they've had, what, 7 million tag team yeah, championships? Yeah, yeah. And, like... For Kofi, not for nothing, but after winning the world title a couple of years ago, everything else is kind of gravy. So New Day can do whatever New Day does, and, and that's all well and good. But um, random question, right? Yeah. When you look at AJ Styles, yep. do you think, first thing comes to mind, do you think WWE or do you think TNA? What do you think he's more of when you look at his career? It's funny you say that because for the first like two years, I kept thinking TNA, now I see WWE. You see WWE. You see yeah. him more as a WWE superstar. Yes. Hmm. I haven't quite got to that point yet. I want to be, but it, it's it I takes time because I, I I thought to say I I know exactly what you're talking about because for the first two years in his in his run I kept I kept having that in him. I think when he won the title it helped, and then mm -hmm. and then like j like getting in the groove like oh yeah he's facing this like when he started like checking off lists about people like major feuds that he's had. Actually, no. When he fought Cena, that's when I felt like he was WWE guy. When he had this feud with Cena, which was, by the way, in my opinion, some of both AJ's and Cena's best work. They had a match at the Rumble. Did you see that match? No, I didn't. Cena and AJ had a match in the R Royal Rumble. Like, I, for the life of me, don't remember which year. It had to be, had to be 2017, 2018. They never left the ring, and it was incredible. Like they never went to the outside or anything. It was an incredible matchup, but um, no, I get what you're I get what you're saying. But it it, it takes a while. Give it some time. I think you will. Um, a match that I was neither looking forward to, nor liked when I saw it. Shane and Braun Strowman in a steel cage. Yeah, I mean, dude, strongman spot. The, that's yeah, that's that's I, what it was for. Yeah, it, it was. Listen, here's the thing about Shane. I can't stand. <laughs> yeah. I, I like. I like Shane. I think he's actually become a better wrestler later in his years than he was back in like you know 2000 to 2003. Yep. However, I can never believe that Shane is going to win at WrestleMania. I always think he's going to do the job. I know he won against Vince and Miz. Right, he beat Miz flukely. Yes. But like I never believe he's actually gonna win. Right. I always think he's just gonna do the job for the person. So I have no interest in the match. Now, okay. It would have been interesting and it might have made the match better if Shane actually won because I wouldn't have seen it coming. So good thing you bring that up. Do you remember his feud with Kane in O three? Yes, I do. Did you feel the same way? Uh I don't remember to be honest. But you, you, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to like pick on you. I'm actually genuinely curious. Like, did you feel the same in terms of like, you, you get my point? Like, I get, I get where exactly yeah, where you're coming from. It's like, what's Shane gonna do? He's not gonna go out on top. I mean, probably right. But we all know what it's there for. Like, we're not, we're not there for the result. We're there for the car crash. You know what I mean? Like, we're not clamoring to see. We're not clamoring to see the moment where either Strowman or Shane gets their hand raised. We're there to see uh, Shane get pulled through a steel cage. Because why not? Um, so I mean, yeah, it just it was a strongman spot. It wasn't a, an ambulance flip, but you know, it's it's it was what it was. Um, but you know, what did impress me was, of course, the next matchup. Um, Miz and Morrison against Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. Yeah, this one was better than I thought, but I still have kind of a bad taste in my mouth about it. Giggity. Mostly just because Miz was world champion for one day, and then he gets relegated to a tag match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I still think that that was a, a moment of like Bruce Pritchard being. Oh, crap, he still has that thing? We gotta get that off of him, like, now. Yeah. But on a whole, it was a decent match for what it was. Decent wrestling. 
mad respect mad respect to bad bunny i think he put on one of the best performances a celebrity has in the ring um if you're not if you're not counting like the rock or um some you know he's definitely in the top top third percentile i think in terms of performances in the ring uh triple h even said that he moved down to florida for four months and trained at the performance center every day like Mad respect to Bad Bunny for putting everything into this and making sure it was the best damn performance. Obviously, Miz and Damien, uh, sorry, uh, Bad Bunny and Damien Priest get the victory, but hell of a job uh, from a celebrity. Yeah, no, gotta give credit where credit's due. He's gone now, though. WrestleMania was it for him, right? Yeah, he he didn't show up on Raw. Um, I think he's getting ready for he. They actually announced he's doing a tour next year, so we gotta we gotta get tickets for that like ASAP. Um, main event time. For night one, Sasha Banks and Bianca mm-hmm. Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, it's interesting because Andrew kind of asked me in advance what my favorite match of the night was. And I said it was this one. But I have to say that this one tied it for me after like thinking it over and doing some note-taking. This tied it for me with Cesaro and, and Rollins. But I get Andrew's point why he wasn't, like, this wasn't the match of the night for him. Yeah, my, uh, my biggest point was... Two things, one of which I think is just a personal thing. Another thing I think is a, a legitimate critique. Legitimate critique is uh, it was a good match, but I think they, I think, <clears throat> I, how can I say this? I feel as though the women's division just tries too hard with their chain wrestling and their wrap-ups and their roll-ups, like trying to swing everything into a pin that it felt like a sloppy match, right? Just a little sloppy. Okay. Not too sloppy, but it felt a little sloppy. And number two, and this is a personal thing, I like Bianca Belair, but I wanted Sasha Banks to win. Really? She's, yes, dude, she's zero and six at WrestleMania. She has yet to win yeah. a WrestleMania. Did, did you happen to see the, has, the footage that fo- showed afterwards with her like outside the ring letting Bianca win him with like a giant smile on her face? No, I didn't. So there. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm like so there. <laughs> no, I was just I was just making yeah. a point that she was happy to elevate a new star, which is fine, and that's what you're supposed to do, right? Sometimes you need to elevate the next star, and, and hey, it's good. Bianca is getting some credibility as a reverse Undertaker wrestler now. She has, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> next year is WrestleMania. Bianca Belair versus Undertaker. Um, but no, I I I think it it was a good match. I think it was not the best match of the night. I think it was definitely in the top three. A little sloppy. Okay. And I'm mad that Sasha didn't win. I knew she wasn't. Like, deep in my cockles of my heart, I knew she wasn't going to. But there was a bit of me that was hoping. So, overall impressions of night one. What would you, how would you, how, how did you feel about the show overall? If you, if you, let's, let's, not, let's not do, like, a number. Let's do a letter grade system. Um... So what? A B C D E F. Yeah, and then I mean, you know, plus, plus, plus or minuses in between. Yeah. Um, I would say it's a C plus. Oh, okay. It's actually pretty close to what I was gonna say. I was, I was actually gonna go for about a B, because I think B. that yeah, I I think, and again, you have to understand that I get I went in there with very low expectations, mm-hmm. very low. And real quick to go back on your point about Bianca and Sasha. I get where you're coming from as far as the whole, like, they're chain wrestling like crazy. I think a lot of that is pushed very hard in the women's division, especially in these higher-profile matches, because in a lot of ways they're trying to solidify and and give a lot of credence and credibility to the women's division because for a long time, wasn't that way. But I I, I understand where you're coming from, that that sometimes too much of a good thing can still make it bad. Correct. But yeah, I'd go yeah. with a B. I think because for me, Cesaro and Shane—I uh, keep saying Shane's—Cesaro and Seth Rollins and Bianca and Sasha really did a solid. Bad Bunny surprised the hell out of me how good a perform- performance he did, um, and the WWE title match was a really solid one. So I think a B overall for me. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. All right. Move. Shake hands. Moving on to night two with with, with with the Randy Orton versus Cinnamon Toast Crunch oh, Fiend. God. I think. I think. Is this is this worse than the the women's battle royal or? I, oh I, my god! I, yeah. yeah. I would. I honestly worst match of this WrestleMania. Yeah. I was so disappointed. 
was it's the with end it's the ending. The, with the, how much they've been building up the fiend, he should have won. Fucking poor Bray Wyatt can't get a break at WrestleMania. He gets he gets put over by everyone. I mean everyone uh, he puts over everyone. Cena, Taker, Ornan, Ornan again. Like he should get wins over these people. I know he won that firehouse fun match at Rui thingy, but like as a legitimate match, the guy's just getting fucked. And there's no Orton did not need this win right. at all, not at all. And it, the only thing that was kind of cool of it was fucking Alexa Bliss digivolving into Sister Abigail. But other than that, like it was, it was so disappointing, so disappointing. Who is the villain in Digimon season three? Uh, the Tamers one. The, uh, the one, the, the, the one looked like a vampire. Myotismon. Well, that's season one, but that was like part three. Of no, one. no, 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 yes. no, 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 no. No, that's not who I'm thinking of. Who, so they had the, that one. Who was the third? Who was the one who? Um, oh my god, this is gonna bug the hell out of me. Yeah, the one. Who so in season, in season one, they had the following, right? They had yep. Devimon. Yep. They had Etamon. Yep. Then they had um, Myotismon, and then they had the Dark Masters, and they ended with Apocalymon. Yeah, Myotismon. Yeah, that's what I thought of her. Okay. I thought of when I saw when I saw Alexa Bliss. Either that, or she's being sponsored by BP Oil. Um, oh yeah, and by what one thing, right? I know you're gonna say this, so I'm gonna steal it from you. Good. I fucking can't stand all the no cells. Yeah. It's getting old. Listen, it's the the Fiend is probably the only one that can get away with it, but like, of all things to do on like a back body drop, and like, yeah, no, it. it, it there's certain no cells that look cool, like you build up to it or you build up to a thing, or you know what I mean. But like that just felt like random, too early. Like it was just the worst timing of the whole. You know what I mean? Like I've seen the fiend do no cells before, and they and the timing of them makes it exciting. That didn't make it exciting. But yeah, it felt like a fart going over in church. No one reacted. Yeah. It was just the worst. Um, and then subsequently, the raw after they really didn't do anything with it. Alexa Bliss had her own segment and and Bray had his, so it's like we don't know what the hell's still going on. Is I didn't okay, so I didn't watch Raw. Yeah, is Bray back to being Bray or is he still a fiend? He had the, the Firefly Funhouse segment as the normal Bray Wyatt, the the Mister Rogers ripoff Bray Wyatt, and then Alexa okay. had and, Alexa's Playhouse introducing a new. I think Lily was the name. It's a new doll that looks like her, like like a stitched up doll that looks like her, but like so nothing's nothing's been explained. So our theory of her being uh, Sister Abigail has not been confirmed and probably not happening. I think they need to regroup. I think they're regrouping and trying to figure out what the hell happened because supposedly, rumor and innuendo, is that Bray was supposed to go over and then Bruce and Vince uh, changed the finish at the last minute. Fucking yeah. <laughs> So, hope that helps things better. Anyway, women's tag team title match. We're not going to really talk probably too much about this because, well... We were kind of distracted, and we weren't really paying attention. Um, I did see some of it. From what I saw, there really wasn't anything too crazy with it. Um, I uh, I did see a couple of pops for Natalia and Tamina, specifically Tamina, which I was kind of pleasantly surprised to hear slash see. But um, uh, Sasha and Nia retain. It's just, again, like, why do we care if there's no investment? In, like, you're literally trying to make a team out of a team that was made 24 hours ago. Yeah, I, I, this is probably the match I had the least investment in. I was hoping Natty and Tamina were going to win, but now that I think about it, after a day and change, it was probably best that fucking Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler won the match because it 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 reaffirms them as being the dominant tag team of this fucking division that doesn't exist. And again, the only reason I see them as a team is because they have the belts, which, listen, if you're listening to WWE, it's not a good thing. It's not. Nope. It's it's they make the belts, not the other way around. Um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, I really enjoyed. Um, now, obviously, Andrew wasn't privy to this because he's not, you know, I, I've seen both these guys fight like crazy in Ring of Honor. So a lot of the stuff that I saw in the match was very familiar to me, but it didn't take away, to me, it didn't take away from it. Um, kind of a rando feud. Love the Sami Zayn conspiracy nut. And Logan Paul was okay. And, and hey, took a stunner like a champ. So I, I thought this was actually pretty solid, honestly. Yeah, um, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. The The end result was predictable. Um, what was Sami Zayn's match last year at WrestleMania? 
Uh, you know what? I don't think he had one. Let me look up the WrestleMania 36 card while you keep going. Um, just because, although um, I, I I have no investment on who wins, it is what it is for me, but I think it would have been better if Sammy won, um, in my opinion. Okay. I think it, I think it would have just helped the character and his par- paranoid storyline um, push it a little bit further. But then again, him losing works with being paranoid, so it's so all Gucci. I think I think on a whole, just for wrestling purposes, it was definitely one of the better matches. I take that back. Sami Zayn's match last year at WrestleMania was him successfully defending the Intercontinental Championship with both Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro in his corner against Daniel Bryan. Wait, so it's him versus Daniel Bryan? Yes. Shit. Okay, well, screw that. Sammy had a big win last year. He can lose. He can fucking lose. And he retained a title, so, I mean, there you go. Um, That's big. Yeah, I'm like, why am I blanking on him having a match? But, anyways. um, But, yeah, I mean, Logan Paul definitely, you know, I was like, that's kind of random to have Logan Paul there. But, again, celebrity influence, whatever. Uh, But, hey, like I said, took a a stunner like a champ. Uh, Speaking of taking things like a champ, Matt Riddle, your favorite wrestler, Andrew, against Sheamus (laughs) for the United States Championship. Listen, you can't tell me you weren't happy to see him get his face just kicked in at that finish. You know what? I'm going to say this. This was actually... One of the better matches of the night. Agreed. Not only not only because of the result, but I'll get credit where credit's due. Dude, Riddle and Sheamus put on a pretty good show. They I mean, did. they're both and, they're and both I love fighters. So, kick. I mean, if, if, I, he didn't like. I had to go back and watch it because it's 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 a rec- I, I, it's a it's one of the very few gifts I've saved. <laughs> Jeez, what a fucking blow that guy took! It, it was he hit his knee into his jaw. It felt like fucking when Cell was fighting Goku and Goku just instant transmitioned in and Kamehameha them. It just felt oh, like, oh, I'm going to attack you. I, I was going to say more. It was more like when Gohan like punched him in the gut, remember? Like yeah, all the way in the gut. And he's like, yeah, like that's that's yeah. what it looked like. Um, well, these two are known for brawling type, right? Like Sheamus is like this tough, scrappy brawl, if you didn't guess by his fedora. And then uh, Matt Riddle is you know known for being an MMA fighter turned pro wrestler. So, yeah, makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I think that was a, a, another highlight for me. Um, the Nigerian drum fight for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Apollo Crews versus Big E. Basically, this is a street fight with drums. Um, I... Yeah. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, it, it was a match. Listen, it's, listen. Yeah, it's just... I don't it know. It was a good matchup until the end. Here's the problem, right? I, I have no problem with the result on who won. Although I think Big E should have went over. I, I, I have no problem on who won. My problem is, who the fuck was that? So Where did the fuck they come from? Yeah. And why did you have to do it at WrestleMania? My golden rule is this. There should be no shenanigans at WrestleMania. There should be clean wins and clean mm, losses. Mostly. For the most part. Most part. You have to right? have a few. But, huh? You have to have, excuse me, you have to have, I think, a few shenanigans. Um... Yeah, but not fucking, like, <laughs> giant metal Greymon come out and then thumb people on the throat. But, by the way, that guy, his name is Daba Kato. He was seen in WWE's Raw Underground during uh, the summer of 2020. Um Okay. 2020, Jesus, just say 2020. Um, he's been in NXT for a while. Uh, I think he showed up as, yeah, he did show up. He was Baba Tunde at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Remember I said at the show, I'm like, I think I saw him in one of the Saudi Arabia shows. That's what I thought. I did see him before. So, um, again, what's with guys getting big men as their bodyguards? I don't, you know, I don't get it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think for me, the match wasn't too horrible. Um, it had a great amount of action between both of them, despite it being you know a gimmicky match. But I think the—I I don't want to say the ending killed it for me. I think it took the wind out of my sails. You know what I mean? Like I thought the pacing was decent, and it just kind of like, like okay, that that was that was not what I was expecting. So it, it wasn't horrible. It just kind of, eh, like you know what I mean? Like it was just like you launch. It's like when you, it's like when you launch a firework. It's like. That's that's kind of exactly. how I, that's how I felt. Um, a little whimper, right? Uh, Raw Women's Championship: Rhea Ripley, Oscar, much better than I thought. Much yes, better. It, back it back to your point, real quick, before I let you have the floor. To your point, the problem was the build. Mm-hmm. 
It was. Yeah. And I'm glad with the result. And let me tell you, I've been saying this ever since I started watching wrestling again. I like Rhea Ripley. I think she still needs to. I think she still needs finesse, for lack of a better term. But she has a look. She has wrestling. She has a good amount of wrestling skill, mm-hmm. right? She, from what I can tell, can speak on the mic. I think she is a good package, and I would love to see more from her. And thank God she won the title. And I love Asuka, but I think Asuka's job right now should really be at the right moments putting people over, if that makes sense. Like, I think the best thing Asuka did was go undefeated for so long and put Charlotte Flair over a couple of WrestleManias ago. And then I think it was the right thing to do here because she had a long title reign. It was almost a year. Yeah. Like, I think 11 months. It was Money in the Bank, right? Yeah. The Raw after Money in the Bank. Yeah, it was the Raw after Money in the Bank. <laughs> Becky gave the belt to her because she was a pregante. Um, yeah. I think that this was, I, I, to your point, I think they utilized Asuka the way she should have been utilized from the get-go. Um, it took a while to get here, but we got here. Uh, in terms of like mm-hmm. having her win the championship, be dominant for a year, because I said I don't know if you remember me saying this to you that night. I said there's no way Oscar can retain, or at least to my opinion, Oscar shouldn't retain because she's been champion for the whole year and basically blown through everybody. So what's left to do? Unless you call up somebody else major from NXT, which there really isn't too too many names I can think of that we haven't already seen her fight. Um, the idea would be to pass on to Ripley because now Rhea can establish herself and have a run with the title. And now she now there's a there's a whole new world, a whole new world of uh, challenges. You know, I, have, I have a question. Yeah. Not to interrupt you, no, but it ahead. just came in my head. Yeah. Do you think it would behoove WWE <laughs> behoove. to maybe behoove <laughs> to maybe remove the women's division from regular WWE Raw and SmackDown? And do a third show, maybe an hour-long show, and have that just be the woman's show. No, um, no, and and and, so? and this is the only thing. It's it's funny you say that because that had been kicked before two hundred five live. The cruiserweight show came about. There was heavy discussion about doing that. Um, the the thing is, is that y- it's a double-edged sword. It, it's on one hand. You want to give? Do you think the women don't have enough pull? No, on their own. It's it's the same reason I don't agree with the cruiserweight show is because you have the talent, you have enough programming where you can highlight them in their proper respective divisions. I feel like if you put a too like you have to find the proper right amount of spotlight for them. If you put too much of a spotlight, it becomes watered down. It's like well, there's five matches that we don't give a shit about, you know, mm-hmm. especially where. I mean, there's three titles now, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of it's the opposite problem of oh, you have you there's there's not enough reason for me to care as opposed to there's two you know what I mean? It's it's a weird dynamic. I think that that would be too much. I think that'd be too much spotlight for them. It just that's just my opinion. Um, I mean, it could work, but I I don't think it would work long term. That's just me though. Um, but speaking of the women. Should we talk about the Bella Twins segment with Bailey and Hogan and Titus and Pirates? No. Okay. No. Okay. We'll it was just, stupid. Let's just go to the, the main. It, let's just go to the main event. <laughs> what you like? Hulk, listen, Hulk Hogan rocks it as a pirate. I'm, I'm, you know, say what you will about the man and and whether you love him or hate him. What are they doing with Bailey? Are they turning her into like a Karen or something? I mean, they, she's been a Karen the last couple of years, I think. Yeah, but they're like really fucking swinging into it with that attire she's wearing. Exactly. She's a librarian. But anyway, um, and real quick before we get to the main event, I did want to kind of talk a little bit about the poll that we ran on Twitter. So at PodFandom, if you guys haven't followed us already, what the hell are you doing for? Make sure you follow us on Twitter at PodFandom. We did ask you guys over at Twitter and said, hey, um, what is the reason you guys, you know, we talked about the editing out of WWE content on the on Peacock. What did you value, value more? A whopping 77% of you on there said classic content versus access to the live pay-per-views. So appreciate everybody who uh, voted there on Twitter. But yeah, apparently I was I was right. People like the classic content more, so that might be a problem for... Um, that might be a problem. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. SpaghettiOs. SpaghettiOs. Um, main event. Le- uh, I almost said Lesnar. Good God. I got to really wake up here. <laughs> Edge. Freudian slip. Jesus. Edge. Roman Bryan. Triple threat main event. I love this thing. 
Yeah, you know what? Honestly, after having a day or so, it's Tuesday now, so two days, to really mull it over, I'm going to throw out there. I think this might have been the best match of the night because I think there was a lot of great wrestling. I think this was truly a match that you didn't know who was going to win. I didn't think Brian was going to win, right? I thought it was a 60-40 edge Roman. Yep. I think I think it was more likely edge than Roman. I was pleasantly surprised that Roman won. I'm very and happy Roman won. It's funny that I say that because Roman won a lot back in the day, but here's the thing. Roman has never been as good as he is now. Agreed. This is the best version of Roman ever. And honestly, here's the thing. It goes back to what is right for business. Edge winning the title means nothing. Like, it means something to him. The phone's maybe. ringing again. For the, huh? That phone is ringing again. Oh, I know. Shut, shut the fuck up, okay? <laughs> hey, listen, listen, listen. I'm gloating a little bit because I can, so continue. But it's just like Edge winning the title doesn't do anything for WWE. Right. But reaffirming Roman as that champion is great for WWE. Now, I think he should probably drop it at Backlash and so that we can... I, I, I think so that we can have a little bit of back and forth. But, again, what did I say? It goes back to WrestleMania and him winning the main event of, I think, night two is always considered the bigger of the two nights, or it, at least this time is. I think him winning the big event and definitively winning it with that double pin, it just yeah. it, it, it was perfect. It was beautiful. It was great storytelling. You said that to me, though, there was only one little snafu you hated about it, right? <sighs> I did. I forget what it was. What was it? Jay. Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah. Jay Uso. He yeah. did not need to be in the match. He... I get what they were trying to... I get what they were trying to do, right? Yeah. You want the faces to save face so that the heels can look bad. But in a triple threat match, you don't need to do that. Well, you just need the main heel to be opportunistic and to fucking fly in there like a big dog and spear people after, like, shit gets real. I, but dude, remember that cross face when he used the fucking bar? And it, <laughs> super fucking when, I, when I told you it was going to be meme material? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't see more of that. But um, I get what I actually liked Jay's. Uh, I like Jay's role in the match because obviously triple threats, no DQ. So having him like instantly get involved made all the sense in the world. That like, have him take him out. So then he comes in like. Because obviously it's a fucking chaotic finish, you know what I mean? Because it's a triple threat. Because like you have like pinfalls, near falls, this that, near hits this, blah blah. Like you know, oh you hit that one, you gonna hit that. Like so, I knew it was gonna be like an insane. Because Heyman wasn't gonna get involved. Because Heyman rarely gets involved in Roman's matches. Hell, he rarely gets involved in anyone's matches nowadays. But I knew I had a feeling there was enough. There's enough going on that you didn't need Heyman to get involved. So I'm like, hmm, maybe Jay would come back. I was kind of, you know, 50-50 on that. And, but I think that the way Roman run, won despite Jay interfering, ugh, it was so good. Now, I have a question for you because you're obviously a huge Avid Rock fan, and I, I, I see this myself, but I think he's, and, and I'm trying to say this in the nicest way possible to a respectful major Rock mega fan. I see a lot of the... Rocky Maivia heel turn nation of domination rock in Roman right now, but I think Roman's doing it better. Oh, oh, fuck you. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You get Let's my talk, point, though, right? Right. There's a difference between booing Roman Reigns and die, Rocky die. Correct. I think more people hated Rocky Maivia then they dislike Roman Reigns. Correct. And again, it's the atmosphere and the culture, right? Yep. Attitude era, a yep. lot more adults. This era, well, look, our, our kids are watching. <laughs> I get what you're trying to get at, but my response to you is very simply, fuck you. <laughs> and my, I don't, my I evidence don't, I is don't hear you di- in the fuck. Hold on, I don't hear a disagreement, though. Okay. <laughs> I'm twisting, no, I'm twisting your arm so. here. I don't think so. I think... You can be I, honest. You can be honest. I, I don't think so. Okay. And the reason why I say is this. Yes. The level of popularity and momentum and build that Rock got off mm-hmm. from being in the nation domination turning mm-hmm. heel is astronomically more than Roman Reigns. Because when Roman showed up, he was a pseudo main event wrestler, right? He was upper mid tier main event. That's kind of what the Shield was. Yeah. For yep. lack of a term. Right. Right. 
he never had to grind like the rock did true so we can't we can't measure how much of a momentum shift in addition to that he is getting this momentum and this character change and this grow as being the world champion mm-hmm. rock did it when he was just fresh out of his first ic title so i think the comparison is hard to make fair enough i think i think this this is definitely what i think it's still good but I don't think anyone got as much of a benefit from turning heel as Rock did. Yes. No, I'm, I'm not going to disagree or, no, with you no. on that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, with the exception of maybe Hogan. I think Hogan going heel well, at NWO was yeah. probably better for Hogan's career, but that's that's a whole different debate at that, a different time. That's a whole different stratosphere. Um, so, that being said, night one versus night two. Um, probably night two. I would have to say. Really, you thought night two was better? Uh, night one had my uh, uh, night one had the match I cared most about, the WWE Championship match, and it probably had the best technical match. Cesaro, um, Seth Rollins. See, uh, see, Freudian slip there. But I don't know. I cared about a lot of. I I like the women's title match a little bit more on night two. Nothing against Sasha. Bianca, I was more happy that uh, Rhea won. I fucking dug the, uh, what's it called? The Riddle getting his face kicked in <laughs> match. I believe that's what it's called. The Riddle getting his face kicked yeah, in that's, match for the US title. We'll just go with that. That's fine. In that world title match, dude. Like, yeah, that was good. Boy, and it goes back to what I said about WrestleMania as a whole. Mm-hmm. What is this WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. It is predictable, better than what I thought it was going to be. But it it is totally forgettable at the end of the day. It's at least better than last year's WrestleMania. I will say that I think night one was better, and the only you think so? and and I'm not saying it was by a huge margin, but there's one match at night two that just instantly put a sour taste in my mouth. Orton Bean. Yes, and I said I agree with that. and I said to you. Now, and remember the thing that happened when that when that finish happened. I wasn't like like saying what the fuck, but I said to you. This is now oh. I know why they put this match first. Yep. Because get it, out of the way. Because they because I, I know how they, they do those things. Um because they want to make sure they get the bad taste out of their mouths. Um now Raw after Mania, I'm not gonna touch much into it, but Andrew, you remember how like Raw after WrestleMania became like somewhat of a big effing deal, right? Like some major shit went down, usually the Raw after WrestleMania, right? Yeah, like Brock Lesnar returning rocking fired after WrestleMania 17 or suspended like usually some big shit happens right nothing <laughs> here's the highlights from raw last monday um the viking raiders returned charlotte returned okay. well that's something yeah, uh, okay. And a triple threat match between Randy Orton, Braun Strowman, and Drew McIntyre had Drew McIntyre winning, so now it'll be Drew McIntyre versus Lashley again at Backlash. Oh, wait a minute. The pay per view is called WrestleMania's Backlash. Okay. <laughs> is that all? That's it. Uh, fine. Whatever. It is what it is. This is the world we live in. <laughs> Oh, yeah, buddy. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. But, they should give us control of wrestle, uh, wrestling. WWE, we make it so good again, dude. Well, we cheap, would. cheap plug. I'm doing that with WCW right now. Wink, oh, wink, nudge, nudge. It's not. It's almost like I set you up for that doomsday device. Oh, it, it almost is. If you guys want to see a glimpse at how I would run things if I was in charge of a company, and yes, I am taking this somewhat seriously, if you check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash okfaber, every Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, we do, through 2K20, uh, 2K19, of course, we do my booking of WCW Monday Nitro. So week to week, we're booking everything out. Right now, we're in the middle of a tournament to crown our first or new world champion. Uh, we've had two matches so far. We've had Goldberg defeat Bobby Lashley. Sorry, Bobby. Um, you'll be fine uh, elsewhere. And CM Punk defeated Kurt Angle in the first two round matchups. Uh, we got two other first round matchups. We got Sting versus Eddie Guerrero. And Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar. That sounds real sexy. So stay tuned. Check it out if you want to see. And there's a ton of other talent in there. You'll have to tune in to see what it is. But um, And if you guys want to peek on how I would do wrestling, 
just picture The Rock coming back and winning every single title <laughs> and and then flying around the sun at warp five to go back in time to 2013 and defeating Unfaker and beating him and breaking his streak. That's just, the, the, that's just what the, I would do. The best thing is, this has legit been Andrew's plan of how to book wrestling <laughs> for almost 20 fucking years, and I wish I was making this up. Imagine this, right? Imagine <laughs> we didn't get... The, the, imagine Vince in his senile old age says, You know what, Andrew? I'm going to let you have the reins, and you're going to go out, and you're going to do what needs to be done, and I need you to bring wrestling back. So uh, what are you going to do? And I'll just say... Vince, how many people do I have to fire to get the rock here? <laughs> and the th- I, need, I need money. <laughs> and then in the distance, you hear a light. Ooh, ah. Ooh, ah, spear. And then he turns into a roll-up, and rock beats Roman Reigns. Ooh, ah. Travels back in time to ECW, stands in the middle of the ring, and just does the... <laughs> but anyway, um... I think that does it. I think that covers everything we got here on this week. Of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts, guys, on WrestleMania's Nights 1 and 2. We'll hit you up on Twitter, at PodFandom. And, of course, make sure you check us out on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, Andrew, anything before we wrap up this week's edition of World of Fandom Podcast? No, I think that was it, my friend. I think we're good to go. We said everything we need to. He is Andrew at Andrew Cutter Inc. If you want to follow him on Twitter and all the other fun social media stuff, I am Connor, also known as OKFabe. You can follow me on Twitter at OKFabA. And of course, like I said, download all the episodes of World of Fan Podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms, but Twitter at PodFandom. And we'll see you guys next time for another episode of the World of Fandom Podcast. Take care, everyone. And as always, take it easy.